Welcome to Get Up in the Cool Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. This week's friend is Mary Garvey. We recorded this last weekend at Raise the Rafters Traditional Song Weekend in Rhododendron, Oregon. Before we get started, I have a quick word from a sponsor for this episode. Love old time music, dance, art, and craft? Immerse yourself in Appalachian culture at the beautiful John C. Campbell Folk School located in Western North Carolina. We offer week-long and weekend classes in old time music, instrument building, woodworking, fiber arts, blacksmithing, cooking, gardening, pottery, and much, much more. Folkschool.org. Go there to see our full catalog of classes or 1-800-FOLK-SCH to register. Thanks, John C. Campbell Folk School, and thank you to Laurie Martz and Leslie, last name withheld, who signed up to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon last week, and to Noam Burke, who raised his pledge amount. Because while the podcast gets the occasional cool sponsorship, like the folks over at the Folk School, it's by and large listener-funded. If you're not supporting Get Up in the Cool, and you can, please do. You can sign up right now at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Before we get started, I need to make a quick content warning for this episode. One of the songs my guest sings includes a very brief depiction of violence in the context of what I understand folks in Vietnam typically refer to as the resistance war against America to save the nation. There isn't an obvious endorsement of the violence in the song's text itself, but some of y'all might not want to hear that kind of thing at all, in which case I would direct you to the enormous and ever-expanding back catalog of Get Up In The Cool episodes. Go catch up. My guest and I also seem to have some fundamental disagreements about the validity of that war, and we get into it a bit, and I think walk away with some hard-won commonality. I hope you find it to be valuable listening, and if you don't, It's only a small fraction of the interview, and I really respect what Mary is doing for traditional song in the Pacific Northwest, and I think you might too. Shout out again to Raise the Rafters for introducing us, rtrsong.org. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Mary Garvey, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Life is good on Steamboat Slough, you're born just knowing what to do. Build a boat and find a crew to bring the salmon home, yeah, home. Bring the salmon home. We know where they like to mate, where they like to congregate. We're in no hurry, we can wait to bring the salmon home, yeah, home. Bring the salmon home. Lars will cook and Pat will sing. Elmo does most everything to set the gill nets in a ring. To bring the salmon home, ya home. Bring the salmon home. From the Seine or off the hook, the spring, the coho and chinook. From every pool, every nook, we'll bring the salmon home, ya home. Bring the salmon home. Pack the ice and stow the gear, it wants to rot so quickly here. We'll make it last another year to bring the salmon home, ya home. Bring the salmon home. Grab your jackets, clear the deck, the engine needs another check. A storm is coming, what the heck? We'll bring the salmon home, ya home. Bring the salmon home. Off the Columbia River. Off the Columbia River. 
That's it. I know that river. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Mary Garvey, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. So typically, more often than not, on this show, I have old-time fiddlers come and we play a bunch of tunes and I interview them. And there isn't nearly enough singing on the show. And that means that every once in a while I have to completely overcorrect and have a singing only unaccompanied episode. Uh, and I thought what better place to do that than at raise the rafters traditional song weekend where you are on staff. So, um, shout out to RTR. I'm so honored. Yeah. I was, uh, looking at the staff and I saw that you have a really interesting thing that you have to offer to traditional song, which is writing regionally specific music. Yeah, I think it's really important. And we we talked about this with two people who have since passed on, John Foff and John Ross. And they say, well, East Coast has so many like fishing songs, or England, Newfoundland, every single little village has its own songs. Why don't we have them here? And Yeah, that, wh- why not? Why not? Here's that. Here's my theory. They didn't speak English. So we don't know if they had songs or not. They spoke Finnish. They spoke Croatian. They spoke Norwegian, Swedish. Yeah. Uh, You know, they weren't English speakers. And then, obviously, the the folks who are still here and whatever songs they have, I'm unfamiliar with those. But, yeah, that that makes sense. It's it's like there wasn't necessarily uh, a monoculture to assimilate to until a bit later. Right. And from what I understand... The Norwegians and the Finns, like at the mouth of the Columbia, did not get along too well always. Okay. So interesting. That's that's a whole interesting story. I I would love to hear more about that. And like you were using some names in this song. What what were the names you were using? Are those? Oh, Pat. Pat would have been Irish. Elmo okay. probably Finnish. Um, Lars would be probably Norwegian or yeah. Danish. Yeah. But you know the Norwegians really fished. I think the Danes, a lot of dairy, Swedes in the Lumberwoods, Finns, a little bit of everything. And I'm not a historian by any means, you know, so Google everything I say and check it out. So what was it about uh, the ethnicities and the work of salmon fishing that you felt like this needs to be represented or documented in, in song? Well, I certainly thought it needed to be represented. I didn't think I would be... The one, or the one of many. Uh, there's a fantastic, you know, Hope Kider? Uh, I don't. Oh, Astoria. He's a fantastic songwriter. Hmm. And he's very, very busy, so you don't hear from him as much as we would like. He's written just amazing songs, and about the lumber woods, and about the fishing. And So there's him, and, and the Fisher Poets are, are really great. And um, But I think, all in all, there is sort of a shortage, just Northwest in general. Hmm. You know? I'm curious about the way you construct the melodies. There's some things that feel familiar to me, like the form of, of this song. Um, it has the, it's not square. The refrain, it seems to push it, uh, beyond, you know, a predictable, like 16 bars or whatever. Um, and, uh, but that, that feels idiomatic to me to like a, a type of, uh, songwriting form, but then there's other things that are a little, for instance, da na 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 da bo da, 
do da da those little rhythms and things like that. Um, they, f- I, I can never tell if those things are anachronistic or if they're modern. And sometimes they feel modern and kind of snazzy and jazzy, but sometimes those are a lot older. So I wonder. I was wondering if you could speak yeah. to that. Um, I, the, probably a lot of Irish. Okay. Yeah, my father's Irish, but he wasn't mu- musical. My mother was musical, but was not Irish. She was from southern, you know, um, Georgia, Texas, yeah. you know, the southern tradition. So very much, you know, Stephen Fosterish, um, the sure. Irish American. I got McNamara's band here if we sing that. Um, and I lived in Newfoundland. I went to graduate school in Newfoundland, and it's tremendously musical there. And I lived in a very musical house. We got to go to all the parties because. My roommates were all in this band. Mm. So just a lot of... That would be very Irish and French. And I find a couple of my tunes almost have a French-Canadian feel. Mm. I do not know why. Mm. I have no ancestry there. But I'm from logging Milltown, Mill Cities, Longview. And a lot of my classmates had French names. But mm. I think we're probably French-Canadian or Métis even. You yeah. Know? You know, Lassard and LaBarge and um, songs like, people like that. You're trying to represent something that is a bunch of different uh, ethnic groups trying to do this job. And it, maybe it makes sense that there wouldn't be like one syncretist, you know, sound oh, to that. And also, this reminds me of that song. I have a Swedish musical history. Yeah. Just from being in this Longview, um, Columbia River area. It's a Swedish... Um, there was a lot, you know, fishing and, and whatever. There were a lot of Swedes there. And they had a Scandinavian hour. So every day when my mother, or every Sunday when my mother went to church, I'd sneak down in the basement because she hated the radio, and I would listen to the Scandinavian hour. And my father said, how can you listen to that stuff? It's only got one note and one beat. <laughs> That's but some I of my favorite it. music is one note, <laughs> yeah. one beat music. That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's, uh, And it's so, uh, it's so pretty. Yeah. I, I like the prettiness of Scandinavian was it sing, singing that you were It could be swing, singing, or it could be, you know, the polkas and stuff. Yeah. And they, mm. they taught us in grade school, this is a Catholic school, they taught us how to do the shoddish. They were so afraid we would be turned loose on the world, not knowing how to do the shoddish. Right. So we'd go up and down the gym, the gym floor doing the shoddish. <laughs> how, and do you shoddish in your day-to-day I, life? N- not really, but I have done it. <laughs> but if you ever do it, like when they're actual Scandinavians doing it, they, they have a pattern, you know, they twirl, yeah. and we would just, just sort of jump around. Wait, where, where was this again? Did you say Longview? Longview, yeah. Where, where is Longview? It's up the Columbia, about uh, 80 miles from the ocean. On the Washington side? Yeah, yeah, yeah Washington. Yeah. It's a big, huge mill town. Okay, very good. Yeah. And Kelso's right next to it. Yeah. And they taught you how to shot it. They taught us what how to What would happen sh- if you... <laughs> Heaven forbid. And we were Catholic, so I think none of us are Swedish. Or... Interesting. Huh. But we went out in the world knowing how to, A, diagram sentences, and two, do the shotish. <laughs> Fantastic. That's all you really need. Goodbye, <laughs> yeah, Well, can you share another song with us? Yeah. Tie it up and let it rot. Now, you know, I really don't compose tunes. I mean, I just, I had, I did have an accordion, but I don't anymore. But, you know, I just sort of twiddle around and, and record it. And I, songs, I mean, the tune comes to me fairly easily. It, they're fairly standard. I mean, they're fairly generic British Isles, sure. German, Scandinavian type tunes. You know, so I don't um, probably have a lot of Greek influence, say, or Portuguese or whatever. It's pretty Northern European. 
tie it up and let it run. This is about a boat that I saw. There's a little ferry between Westport, Oregon, and Puget Island. Okay. You know, and it's it's all close. It's all close to Longview and Kathleen and stuff. And a Larson. I worked in graduate admissions at the University of Washington in fisheries. And a young man named Larson came in to apply. And he talked about he, he might be the last person in his family after generations of fisher people to not fish. Yeah. Wow. So I hope he, I hope he made it. Tie it up and let it rot, for it soon will be forgot that there ever were the boats to match these men. Puget Island born and bred to the gray skies overhead, and we'll never see the likes of them again. Tie it up and let it rot, for the last fish that I caught did not bring enough to buy the gas that day. When you're going after salmon, it is feast or it is famine. It looks like Mr. Famine's here to stay. Tie it up and let it rot, for I think it matters not where my father's father's father fished before. From the river to the sea, now it ends right here with me. There will be no Larson's fish here anymore. Tie it up and let it rot, for the sons that I begot have earned their fame and fortune on the land. And they laugh when they explain they don't miss the wind and rain, Mm. but it's just not in my blood to understand. Tie it up and let it rot, for I found a pretty spot, and I can't afford to lose another dime. If the floods wash her away, then who am I to say? And she'll run this mighty river one last time. Whew. I'm glad um, <laughs> this is the second time you sang it. And uh, this time I didn't try to sing it on, along and I just listened. And I'm glad I did because there's a lot in this song. And the this song is very sad <laughs> and really heavy. Um, I especially, I thought it was interesting... The uh, there's some gender stuff in this song, which I thought was interesting, especially father, father, father. Yeah, the about the father and his sons and how they've found ways to be powerful, um, doing things that he doesn't understand. Right. And his leg. What does his legacy mean? Um, Burned out old boat. Yeah, which is like. What's what's the tragedy there? Is the tragedy there that like his way of life isn't uh, feasible anymore, or is the tragedy maybe that he put so much um, identity into the work <laughs> that he was doing, um, or that he can't like connect with his sons like uh, on their own terms? I don't know. There's a lot to chew on there. I think that's this is a very emotionally intelligent song. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and With I a can, lot of dramatic irony. <laughs> I can see the people in my songs. Now, can you see the people in songs? You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. I wasn't necessarily... I have very little visual imagination, but I feel like I can... I, I understand... Maybe I don't see the people in this song, but I... They feel real to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I will say my songs... Um, I don't call them my songs because anybody can have them, but um, the people are very stoic. Yeah. They are very, sto- all, almost all of them are very stoic, and they don't complain. 
that's not like me. I will complain. Yeah. You know, um, mm. but this this man is on the short side. He's wearing a red plaid jacket. He's got sort of balding reddish hair. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I can I, see it now. I, I think so. <laughs> I really think so. And the boat's just... And Puget Island is very, very beautiful. It was... I know there's a lot of fence, but you drive by, there's sons of Denmark, sons of Norway, sons of <laughs> sons of Sweden, Leif Erikson Hall. Mm. So I have a... Wow. Yeah, so to give people an idea of the, of the geography, so the Columbia River, I don't know how far east... It. I think it goes. You know, and I'm. It not, starts. I, I can't retain a map in my head. Um, well, it starts up in, in way up in the mountains of Canada, I think. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. I had no idea. And, uh, <laughs> it drops down to Portland, I think, and then it goes straight to the ocean. And what goes? You know, you better Google map. Google is your friend. <laughs> well, so the Columbia River is is the one that separates Washington, Washington Oregon. from Oregon. Yeah, um, but then it it kind of jukes it, it does. right before it gets to the ocean, and I feel like that's where you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's the where straight, Kelso and Longview yeah, are. Yeah, it because um, there's a sort of a horn on the northwest end of of Oregon, and and then there's islands. Yeah, or multiple islands, or just Puget. I'd say there's probably multiple. Multiple, but, yeah. You know, again, um, um, don't take my word for any of this. Just, just look it up. Um, okay. Great. Uh, you know, because you know, you drive by it and you don't really know what you're. Yeah, I think there's probably lots of islands. Yeah. But Puget Island, people live on it. I mean, yeah, why did Washington get all the islands? <laughs> Oregon, I don't know. Oregon, Oregon doesn't got, have any islands. Oregon has most of the Columbia River Bridge in Astoria. Yeah. Most of it's in Oregon. I think they let them pass on the bridge, so these. Terrible accidents because they pass on the. That's totally irrelevant. But. <laughs> what else, what else do you want to sing for us? Shall we do a Milltown? Yeah, please. Because we're we're sitting in a very forested, lumbery area in Absolutely. Oregon right now. In we're the, on Mount Hood. Uh, yeah, close to Mount Hood. This is Kelso. Do you want to sing the refrain on this? The forest and the tree. Oh yeah, sure. Um, this uh, song is called "The Forest and the Tree." And I'm from Longview, which is a huge lumber mill town. I probably already said that. And Kelso was more where the uh, loggers would come in to um, recreate on the weekends. (laughs) I have lived my life in Kelso, the forest and the tree. When the mills were up, it used to smell so. What will become of me? But it would smell like sweet perfume, the forest and the tree. If they could change this bust a boom, what will become of me? They say in Forks and Aberdeen, the forest and the tree. This is the worst they've ever seen, what will become of me? Hard times hit the rain and fog, the forest and the tree. The folks who made your presto log, what will become of me? We made the cartons for your milk, the forest and the tree. Rayon strands that pass for silk, what will become of me? Paper bags and paper diapers, forest and the tree. 
Coffee cups and handy wipers, what will become of me? I should have seen this day a-coming, the forest and the tree. The day the sawmills stop their humming, what will become of me? Only God can make a tree, the forest and the tree. But papers made by fools like me, what will become of me? I should have seen this day a-coming, the forest and the tree. The day the sawmills stop their humming, what will become of me? Now this is sung by an older lady with sort of permanent permanent hair, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. really kinky curls. Yeah. And she probably just got laid off. And she probably worked in Longview as opposed to Kelso. But uh, I could see where her house is, a little, you know, middle town house, and green. And I, I especially appreciate the, the kind of the banality of just like these are the products that we make. And then existential crisis <laughs> back yeah. and forth just between just like talking about like making paper bags and diapers and then what's going to happen and right. I, re- I really appreciate that because people like to separate the banal from the like profound um, and uh, I remember one time early on when I was learning old time music um, someone uh, taught me this tune, Great Big Taters in the Sandy Land. And I was like, that's a silly title. And they were like, is it? And I was like, oh, no, it's not. I just heard the word taters. And I, and for some reason, I thought that was funny. And, uh, but what you're actually talking about is being able to grow food somewhere when that you don't, that you haven't been lucky at growing food. And it's like, oh yeah, that's uh, really significant. I take potatoes for granted every goddamn day. <laughs> and um, I really, I think this song is really special because it's, it's, it's saying all of these, all of these products and all of the jobs that they create and all the people who live and die by being able to do, to do this. Uh, and then will they be able to, uh, adjust and find some other way to, to live? They've invested so much in. Yeah. And I think this was written about the time of the spotted owl. I don't know if you know about the spotted no, owl. No, I don't. Uh, I can't go into it cause I don't know enough, but they really cut back on logging because the spotting owl was said to breed in only certain areas. Right. And other people said, well, you know, they're breeding in Safeway parking lots. So they're not all that particular. <laughs> I don't know enough about it to talk intelligently about it, but um, that was devastating. Right. It was devastating. And, um, and yeah, and I guess this is a, an inherently unsustainable, uh, I mean, logging and things like that. Yeah. It's hard, oh, to, hard to keep that going. Well, they've always been very good about replenishing, at least some trees, maybe not, you know, the original trees, but they, they do replace a lot of the trees, mm. you know, most of them, you know, mm. so... So I don't think we do too badly on that, but I could be wrong. I just don't know. Yeah. But um, oh, I did notice that part of the lyric was "Only God can make a tree." Yeah. yeah. Didn't well. That was by a poem by somebody. I don't. I'm unfamiliar with it. Um. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> only God can, recite the whole thing. I, I, I can't. Here we go. <laughs> only only God can make a tree. Uh, that's how much I know. Uh, there's a whole poem called, called "Only God Can Make a Tree." Only God can by make a tree. Somebody famous. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a scholar. Listeners yeah. write in. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. will know. Too bad yeah. we're not on um, Google or something. I uh, mean, or, you know, they Twitter. Yeah. They Twitter is. Twitter would tell us. Yes. Twitter would never lie to us. Somebody told me once, he said, you know, it sounds like somebody wrote that song. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> but one thing, I mean, from the Irish side, we can have very dismal, horrible things we're talking about and very cheerful tunes. That's not exactly a cheerful tune, but some of them are. Like the one um, Mike Holly sang, Holly sang today, um, Dan O'Hara. Oh, yes. Da, 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 da. My children starved and died, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we just came from a workshop that you led, yeah, which was more of a, a facilitated sing with a specific theme, which mm-hmm. is go around the circle, uh, talk about what your heritage is, what your cultural heritage is, where your folks come and where their folks came from, on and on and on. And um, the theme that kept coming up is people would say, I think I'm this, this or that, and I feel pretty disconnected from it. I said, I said that myself. And you said, well, I think we should talk about why we're disconnected from where we came from, especially like, you know, before our families, you know, came to the States. Uh, and I was wondering if you could speak on that a little bit here. A little, yeah. yeah. Um, I just came up with some stuff off the top of my head. Why do we not talk about our ancestors, even in our own families? Yeah. We don't. Yeah. And uh, my father's side is all Irish. There was a potato famine. People starved and died. And like I said, they had to do horrible things sometimes. They, Or if you're escaping... Um, uh, you know, some Russian, you know, stuff to the Jews or, or whatever. People did horrible things to survive. They lost people on the way, the Cam- Cambodians, you know, fleeing Pol Pot, um, yeah. left babies on the trail. Yeah. You just can't talk. It's so horrible. You can't talk right. about it. And some people lost their language. I think maybe especially among, like, white folks, because so many white folks in America have been here for so long, there's this disconnect from where we came from and... Maybe part of that is because of all of the trauma that was involved in getting us here mm-hmm. and getting us here from other places uh, and and even, you know, getting us here from other places in the United States. Like this is as far west as you can get. Um, and to survive, you stole somebody else's land. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You and took it's their like, clam beds. Do you, yeah, you, it's not fun you to talk about. No, it's not. Yeah. It's very shameful you yeah. know, to us, you know. And... Um, just some more simple things like children would be ashamed of their parents, you know, dressing yeah. funny, talking funny, eating funny foods. Right. You know. um, that, that classic, you know, you get a packed lunch to school yeah. and all the other kids are like, why does your lunch smell funny? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all very, in- yeah. we should talk about it more, really. It's um, yeah. very interesting. And I know we never talked about my father's family except to know the one little girl was an orphan and came here at the age of seven. We thought by herself. I think she came with other relatives, but, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, can't find out a thing about her, you know, so. And some of the things the Ukrainians, you know, back in the 1930s, what they went through. Yeah. Ooh, and are going through now. And you're not always what family you thought you were from because people would, if they had a, a spare slot for a child of six years old, Six-year-old dies and a ten-year-old fills that slot, right? You know, and all right. all of a sudden they're in first grade and in America, you know, it's just yeah. it, it's horrifying, really. Yeah, yeah. The um, there are so many obstacles to actually owning a culture. 
Yeah, and we need to be more sympathetic to cultures cultures we don't think so highly of. Say, like the Germans in World War II, mm. very scorned, and their music is scorned. Yeah, they probably. I would imagine they've lost a lot of they've sort lost of culture and folk music because they had songs. To Hitler liked the songs, so therefore we can't sing the songs. Right. So, which is not a good reason to not sing a song. Also, we scorn Southern Americans. We do. Right. We do. Yeah. And um, my mother's family was Southern American, and they did some very bad things. Yeah. Including slavery, and even getting worse than slavery, which was uh, peonage. It was after slavery was abolished in the early 1900s, I guess, and they would somehow get the former slaves or the black men arrested. Yeah. Work them to death yeah. and pay them almost nothing. And it was essentially slavery. Right. In my own family. Well, I, I think legally it is, it it, is slavery. That's the 13th Amendment. It's like slavery is illegal except for people who are in prison. You know, yeah, so, so they, the, they'd get them in prison and then get them out the and loophole. pay them a penny a yeah. day or something. And then there was murders involved. Look up um, Jasper County Williams. Williams of Jasper County, Georgia. That's my family. Wow. It's not... It's not yeah. Something to be proud of. Right. You know, so we don't talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty old before I even found out we were pretty closely related. Yeah. I hear a lot of songs in, like, folk folk music that's about experiencing grief and that's about being on the receiving end of oppression um, from, you know, enslaved folks in... Uh, in, in the Americas and uh, from um, Irish folks and uh, indigenous folks and, and uh, workers and things like that. You don't hear a lot of folk songs that are about processing shame. And I feel like there's, I mean, it makes sense because you don't want to process it. You want to put it away, but it seems like that could be useful um, somehow. But it would be hard to make something valuable and beautiful out of that. It's almost like you would write the song and then be like, okay, uh, I don't want to like subject anyone to this. You know? I don't want my children it's private to, work, to you be know? embarrassed by this. Yeah. And, um, well, like what they did in Africa, the two countries that I forget, which, you know, they had reconciliation and stuff. Yes. And a yeah. lot of truth-telling. And, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't think of shameful songs. I'm, yeah. ashamed of, I'm ashamed of this or that. Right. Huh. Well, this is this is why we, <laughs> I need to have more singing on the show. Oh. And in old-time music in, in general is because, like, there is some use to, like, thinking about it, you know, music that has explicit meaning and isn't just all impressionistic, um, as much as I love that and find relief in that. Um, well, can you sing us another song, then? I will do another song. I will do... You can choose... Washaway Beach or Oyster Man. These are both songs of the Vietnam War, which I was in as an army officer, actually. You were an army officer? I was. Wow. And I still am, I think, till I die. Right. You take the oath. You're in. I could be in Ukraine tomorrow. So what... What what did that... I don't know anything about hierarchies in the, in the military <clears throat> or anything like that. What did you do? I was an adjutant, which is administrative. Yeah. I was also in the slot of headquarters commandant. And there's all these women veterans who think I must be lying about something. Well, it's true. You know, um, and headquarters commandant means the commanding general of the base is under your command. I was a lieutenant fresh out of, you know, OCS. And so all the, the battalion commanders, the 
general, everybody was under me, theoretically. Yeah. It's all theoretical, you know. But I had to send a memo saying, assemble in this parking lot for toothpasting. <laughs> what is it? Toothpaste? So, something has to do with toothpaste. Um, fluoride. Who are they? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I had to send to the commanding general a memo about show up in this parking lot at this time to get your teeth fluorided. Right. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff? <laughs> Not a lot of, no, it was, it was more, um, it had to do with helicopters, really. Yeah. Um, uh, can, can I ask why you decided to join? That was such a, there were so many people who were, I mean, protesting in the streets about not wanting to join. And I think that's um, inter- interesting for, uh, for a woman to sign up. Yeah, there are actually quite a few women. You only hear about the nurses, but there are many more. Yeah. Um, I think, A, I thought I could never look a man in the face again, you know didn't have any legs or something if I, if I didn't do something. Interesting. Yeah. And B, they paid my last year of college. <laughs> right. So that's even That's more. the big reason yeah, that's that a people big reason. do it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe the last, no, I think it was just the last, last year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wonderful people. Just absolutely wonderful. But I've been very um, not talking about it. I was going to say you're about to sing a Vietnam War song, and you were yeah. I almost never talk here. You I'm were on involved. The radio. Is this a shame song that you're? No, going to no, sing? no. It's okay. a proud song. Interesting. Oh no, we're not ashamed. Okay. Oh, they want us to be. Um, the cruelty toward Vietnam veterans was so immense, and I could pass. Nobody's going to think I am, right? I could pass. You're never going to think I am, hmm. and I'm going to hear every word you say. Yeah. And it's going to be filed away in my head. Right. You're implicated and people, and people aren't assuming that you're involved. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you have to listen. And, uh, right. British Columbia was, was the worst. I'd sit by a door so I could leave if something really made me about to erupt in rage. Interesting. Put it that way. Yeah, they're horrible. But um, you want the oyster one or the nurse one? Oh, these are both about Vietnam? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. let's hear the, the oyster one. Oyster. Yeah. Okay, in Willapaw Bay there were areas, there were no young men, none whatsoever. They were all sent to Vietnam. Or at least in the military they could have been sent to Germany or Turkey or somewhere. Yeah. But, um, and the only other place I've ever heard that said was uh, places in Puerto Rico hmm. and Willapaw Bay. I'm sure there's other places, but... Oh, this, this has a... Oyster man, oyster man, where's your, your rake, your battle, where's your sack? Oyster man, oyster man, where's your battle? I can't use it here, it travels too slow. A boat in the water is all that I know. Oyster man, oyster man, where's your battle? Oyster man, oyster man, where is your rake? They told me a rifle was all I could take. A muddy reflection I see in my wake. Oyster man, oyster man, where is your rake? Oyster man, oyster man, where is your sack? A fifty-pound duffel instead of a pack. We have to go out, we don't have to come back. Oyster man, oyster man, where is your sack? Oyster man, oyster man, where are your tongs? I use them to capture a few Viet Congs. If I make it home, I will sing you this song. Oyster man, oyster man, where are your tongs? Oyster man, oyster man, where is your crew? We're river rats now, and that's what we do. The young men are gone from the town that we knew. Oyster man, oyster man, where is your crew? Oyster man, oyster man, where is your mud? 
Plenty of that, it's mixed with our blood. A rocket is whistling, I hope it's a dud. Oyster man, oyster man, where is your mud? Yeah, that's in the in the tradition of uh, great tradition of folk songs that are about how disruptive war is and uh, how it like changes the 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 way of life of a town and the resources that they have and uh, sends all the young men away and then when they come back they're never the same because I always hear this like you know associated with like you know wars like. The, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, things like that, or, um, and I think that the Vietnam War is so deserving of that because we like to think of those <laughs> archetypical songs and struggles as being like antiquated, but it's like no, that just happened. I'm in the room with you here, and like this, uh, this like trade and this way of life in this town was like forever changed because of this. No, half the girls the, don't have husbands now. Right, yeah. Uh, and, all, and all because we have to protect capitalism. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, this is a good song <laughs> for, for that reason. Yeah. I mean, and will, that's all in the subtext, you know, but. You'll probably not find a, a non-critical song about us. Probably not. You can search high and low. Maybe Australia probably has some. But the songs were so cruel and mean. And people think they had no consequences. Well, people committed suicide. You know, because the way they were treated after the war. So the the enemy includes people in the United States who killed us. You know, that's why I keep my mouth shut. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, it's well. I, it sounds like you're um, specifically uh, you're, you're invested in people having compassion on um, that. Like you said, there are reasons that people like participate in the military, and it's a lot of them are economic, and they're under. Uh, you know, a, a coercive government that's not telling them everything is telling them that, you know, the communists are going to ruin your way of life and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, so maybe that there's, there's higher up enemies to be concerned about. I don't even mean them. I mean the people that were cruel to the men and women coming home. Right. Uh, you're young. I mean, you, I bet in some part of your head you don't believe it. How, how bad it was I'm sure people I'm sure people were uh, really cruel to, to the veterans but um, my my impression from what I've been told is that they were cruel to veterans because they were so um, upset and ashamed about our involvement in in the war uh, no no they were just cruel because they could be and it was socially sanctioned and they thought they were superior and mm. I mean there's a whole lot of reasons but I don't think yours is the main one huh? it, it's, it's in there and a few people have apologized they realize they, they did something horrible and have apologized and some will go to their graves thinking you know we're scum and they're angels so I don't know this is why I don't talk about it yeah <laughs> you know it's, it gets into stuff yeah absolutely you know so but it's also not right to live a lie either right you know because like I said I could pass well what else do you want to see um let's, let's do uh can we do like two more in the in the sure. interview do one more and then we'll talk about where people go to buy your CDs and stuff did you want me to do a classic Irish that would be great okay please 
Oh, it's not. It's not happy. Are there, are there any happy Irish songs? I think there are. This is written by Thomas Moore, the harp that once through Tara's halls. The harp that once through Tara's halls, the soul of music shed, now hangs as mute on Tara's walls as if that soul were fled. So sleeps the pride of former days, so glory's thrill is o'er. And hearts that once beat high for praise now feel that pulse no more. No more to lords and ladies bright the harp of Tara swells. The chord alone that breaks at night its tale of ruin tells. Thus freedom now so seldom wakes, the only throb she gives is when some heart indignant breaks to show that still she lives. That song's never sung. Mm. It never sung. I don't think I've ever, ever I see heard lyrics. Ever heard anyone sing it. It's so beautiful. I think people might know it as a poem more, more than as a, a song, but I think it's it's originally a song and it goes back into the freedom you know yeah yeah thanks so much for for doing this uh, before we sing one last song Mary um, where do people go to get your your CDs well you come to this rhododendron camp and I got a few here yeah. or just um, <laughs> email me Mary O. Garvey no just straight no apostrophe anything Mary O. Garvey at yahoo.com and I'm getting really hoarse G-A-R-V-E-Y Mary O. Garvey okay great I'll, I'll include that yeah yahoo.com yeah. yeah and they can reach yeah. out to you and yeah. ask and, for CDs yeah and they're like $10 I actually have some for $5 they have no um, case they have no notes or anything but uh, I can also sell for 5 and then plus postage which is very cheap in the United States yeah. if you're out of the United States it's horrible yeah I really appreciate what you're doing and um even maybe in some areas where we're uh, potentially ideologically opposed, I uh, really appreciate that you're representing, uh, you're continuing this folk tradition, uh, but representing like local experiences um, and taking the same formats uh, that were used uh, centuries ago and, you know, talking about today, because um, one of the things that, upsets me sometimes is when people assume that, you know, old folk music isn't relevant anymore. And it's like, you don't think, you don't think murder ballads are relevant <laughs> anymore. You think misogyny's over, <laughs> you know, or it's like, you don't think that, uh, these like, uh, forlorn, like, you know, I have to go to war songs are you refugees know, tramping yeah, across. The you world. don't think that the war machine and the patriarchy is still like, uh, a problem. These songs are still needed, and they will be until you know. Yeah, and when you said about we might be ideologically different, that's fine with me. I am only opposed to the people that were cruel, deliberately, horribly cruel. Of course. Yeah, and I, their opinions, I'm fine with them. And well, if they went to Canada, I'm fine with that. If they, you know, whatever, I'm fine with everything except the cruelty. I grew up Quaker, um, and I was taught a very. Um, idealistic, uh, very puritanical, honestly, uh, form of pacifism and something that has been, that I've had to unlearn. It's something that I've had to unlearn because I've learned of this 
this idea that, you know, the state has a monopoly on violence, uh, which means that people get to feel superior over the people who do violence for the state, even though that they're in some ways benefiting from that violence. Like they benefited from slavery. Exactly. And um, like the people in the North benefited from slavery every day, you know, and uh, eventually it's like, well, you can't be superior to this. You can't be cruel to these people who were, um, I mean, soldiers, uh, because, uh, like, unless you're actually willing to, like, uh, dismantle uh, this system that you disapprove of. I so. wouldn't only dismantle our system. You've got to dismantle the system of your enemies. That's where it gets complicated. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on who the enemy is. And right. I mean, I, that's the other problem is that uh, a lot of who we're told that our enemy is, is uh, inaccurate when our enemies are mostly here at home. Yeah. So. Unless they're shooting you. That's a pretty good sign. Yeah, but you got to go there in the first place. <laughs> oh, they they <laughs> will make house calls. They're shooting you because you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> so, um, well, I, ideological differences opposed. I really appreciate these these songs. Thank you. Um, what do you want to end with? I might as well end with Astoria's Bar because people seem to know this Which, song. which one? Astoria's Bar. Astoria Bar. Oh, interesting. Is this an original? Yeah. Very good. And and people sing it like back east. Yeah. Which amazes me. Astoria being uh, the, the coast the, town at the mouth, mouth of, of the, the Columbia. And, and the Pacific. Yeah. yeah. On the very tip. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying for our, our listeners right now yeah. who aren't familiar with Oregon geography. Great. And this was based on um, a story in the Vancouver, Washington newspaper. They said, what did your grandparents do. And one person wrote and said, my grandfather rode up Long Beach Peninsula down 20 miles or so into the Columbia River and fished. Mm. They rode all night. When it says rode, R-O-W-E-D, instead of you know, rode in a car. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's amazing. Mm. There are fins. Fins are, you could have a whole show about fins. They are amazing, amazing people. So, it's not very far to Astoria's Bar, but a very long journey it can be. You can start at the mouth of the mighty Blue River and end at the bottom of the sea. When the tide is rough, so very, very rough, so rough that you cannot stand, it drives the little fish right into the nets, the boats right into the sand. In the mist and the rain, the labor and the pain, we know what the fishing here is worth. It is worth more than gold as they suck them from the hold, worth all the treasures of the earth. And the river still shines and shimmers in the light as it did in our grandfather's day when they rode all night and fished in the morning and lived in Willapaw Bay. And the river still shines, shimmers in the light, as it did in our grandfather's day, when they rode all night and fished in the morning and lived in Willapaw Bay. If you want to buy one of Mary Garvey's CDs, you can email her at maryogarvey at yahoo.com. Don't forget to support this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool and check the show notes for links to my banjo lessons, my band, my other podcast, and Get Up In The Cool merch. And thanks again to John C. Campbell Folk School for supporting this episode. Visit them online at folkschool.org. 
That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.